0: For decades, scientists suggested that fatherhood fulfilled a primarily evolutionary function, protecting and providing for offspring in return for sex. Meanwhile, sex, with as many partners as possible, helped dad's genes carry on. But after millions of years, changing sex norms, dating apps, and entertainment going increasingly digital, that relationship with sex evolved somewhere along the line men transitioned from archaic cads to doting dads to eventually taking Netflix and chill literally. As scientists scratch their head about why some men are having less sex than ever, new data offers insight into the surprising evolution of the American male sex drive. Welcome to the Abstract Podcast from Inverse. I'm Tanya Bustos, your host. Our first story is about sex in America and how one in three young men aren't having it. Scientists caught a glimpse of American sex lives and discovered a steady sexual decline of the young American male, regardless of sexual orientation. Three decades long data hints at why sex is losing its appeal in modern life. Our second story digs further back into history with a look at how ancient men evolved from carnal carousers to family providers as scientists get a better idea of the conditions that honed human fatherhood, a closer look at evolution helps explain how the dads ultimately beat out the cads. This is The Abstract. Look at the latest scientific discoveries and technology innovations from the reporters at Inverse. In each episode, we explore a single theme through two different stories. Up now, the sweeping new data that provides a surprising look into American sex lives.
1: Wanted to give you a heads up. We are going to talk about some adult stuff here. A new study appears to derail the long held belief that men are obsessed with sex.
2: You may hear from people you know that having sex more often will make you happier. So
1: like once a week, twice a week, every day,
2: every day. Every day.
0: For reasons scientists have difficulty explaining, people are having less sex, men in particular. While it may not fall in line with eons of pop culture references and generations-long cultural stereotypes, about one in three men ages 18 to 24 reported no sexual activity in the past year at all. After analyzing the sex activity of almost 10,000 people over two decades, scientists caught a never before seen glimpse of American sex lives. According to this research, published June 2020 in the journal JAMA Network Open, there's been a steady rise in sexual inactivity between the years 2000 and 2018. Whether it's delayed adulthood or a barrage of digital distractions brought on by the last 20 years, across an entire age range, men reported dwindling sex lives. On the flip side, sexual activity in the total range remained stable among women throughout the study. Experts say it is particularly impossible to draw conclusions about causality of the association between larger trends in society and sexual activity, and making things even more challenging is the lack of overall historical data on sexual activity in the first place. As for why young men are having less sex, scientists haven't pinned down what exactly is causing the stark sexual decline, but its authors say the trend may Stem from a range of factors. Let's get more on this from Inverses Ali Batillo, who wrote all about this. Hey, Ali. Hey, Tanya. So these studies we talk about are always so extensive, right? They they take years upon years. So in trying to determine something like this, how does this break down within 20 years time?
2: Yeah, so they recruited, as you mentioned, a really massive study population. Um, it was over 10,000 people. They tracked them from 2000 to 2018, had them report their sexual frequency or inactivity, um, their number of sexual partners, and then they captured a vast range of socioeconomic and behavioral variables. So things like employment, income status, education, religion. And they found that, you know, while most people are relatively sexually active um, with about one partner, there are particular demographics that are having less sex than ever. And there's been kind of a steady decline over the past two decades, and that's with young Americans and more kind of strongly young men
0: very interesting and i mean 20 years two decades how have we seen things shift course you know what kinds of things have changed over the past 20 years
2: you know the majority of study participants were sexually active with about one partner um, but they did document a steady rise in sexual inactivity between 2000 and 2018. so on average one in three men between 18 and 24 reported no sexual activity at all in the past year. And it's interesting to look at kind of where things were in 2002 and where they are in 2018. So in 2002, 19% of men reported not having sex within the year. In 2018, that increased to 31%. The trends for women were less stark than they were for men. Among young women, there was a rise in sexual inactivity. they, They broke it down by kind of how much sex people were having, but also who they were. Having it with. And while women reported less sex overall, they reported an increase in sexual partners.
0: It's an interesting contrast. uh, Just to open it up, considering the fact that sex is essentially a basic human need, they often put it behind, you know, eating and breathing. Should we read into this missing element? You know, could this lack impact how we assess how healthy men are overall?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these changing sex trends are meaningful. They're not trivial. Research does show sex is positively associated with longevity and well-being, well, in positive well-being. So if people aren't having enough sex, it can influence mental and physical health. But it's important to note that how much sex you're having, who you're having it with, those are all incredibly personal decisions that everyone has their own perspective and opinions on. For some people, you know, abstaining from sex is a choice. Something that makes them happy, that improves their mental health. For others, it might be something that's concerning and they're worried about, but it's all kind of on an individual basis.
0: How do relationships come into play? Do relationship types factor into this frequency? You know, casual sex versus a committed relationship or married versus single, there's gay versus straight. How do these things impact or do they?
2: Yeah, so they did find that among married men and women, there was a decrease in sexual activity, um, at least on a weekly basis. Sexual inactivity was rare. What was interesting is they did find that higher income folks Seem to have more sex than lower income folks. And they also found that students were likelier to be sexually inactive than non-students. So there were these kind of behavioral and lifestyle factors that were at play, but I think that a lot more research needs to be done to untangle those. And just
0: trying to figure out, okay, what has changed so drastically in the past two decades? Has anything? And the most obvious difference seems to be this digital evolution, online culture, social media, and, and apps, dating apps, what have you, all this digital communication, right? I just wonder how heavily... This new shift in culture, the slow shift we've experienced throughout the past 20 years might have impacted things. Does the team address
2: this in any way? There could be, you know, a, a countless number of factors at play. But the study's authors do speculate that changing sexual norms, perhaps rising stress, the rise of social media, smartphones, time spent online, as you mentioned, and even just the busyness of modern life may be crowding out intimate relationships. And Jean Twenge, who is a veteran psychologist who wasn't involved in the study, but wrote a related commentary, she wrote that, you know, young people seem to be growing up more slowly. Social life and entertainment have gone increasingly digital. And it seems like these young people are postponing the start of adult activities, including sex and dating and kind of overall time spent online may be replacing time once spent face to face. And in turn, people have fewer opportunities for sex.
0: So ultimately, yes, men are having less sex, but is that a bad thing? You know, does that mean that they're not satisfied with the status quo? It just brings up the question, how does sexual inactivity relate to dissatisfaction or does it? this link, was it addressed in the study at all?
2: Yeah, that question wasn't outlined or kind of answered in this study. That's something that the researchers are really interested in pursuing next. Because as I mentioned before, you know, sexual inactivity or activity is, is a personal choice. Um, so they would need kind of studies to analyze people's kind of behavioral responses, their mental health in response to all of this. And this was really tracking, okay, what are the patterns of activity or inactivity?
0: Listeners can head to inverse.com for the full story. Allie, thanks as always. Thanks, Tanya. The modern male sex drive didn't just happen. It had to evolve, and scientists are starting to get a better idea of the conditions that honed the modern human male, and fatherhood in particular. Up next, why ancient men had to evolve from carousers to doting dads, or die.
1: human development and appear to have been a very important part of our evolutionary history. Very rare for mammals. It's not unique among birds and other animals, but it's very rare among mammals.
0: Humans continue to be the oddballs among mammals. That was Hillard Kaplan, an anthropologist at the University of New Mexico. He studies human life history and he says mammal fathers specifically don't tend to dote on their kids. On a biological level, males were programmed to make as many babies as possible with different mates. And that's it. Somewhere along the way, though, the human male broke free from promiscuous mating systems that characterize other apes. Somewhere along the way, ancient males and females became couples who formed families, and men became dads. The question facing evolutionary biologists is, when and why did this dad strategy prevail? A June 2020 paper in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences has an ecological theory on the evolution of human paternal investment.
1: As the African savanna started to uh, dry out and there was a uh, radiation of mammalian species so that there were lots of animals on the hoof fewer fruits. Humans uh, adapted to an omnivorous diet in which hunting played a really important role.
0: It turns out complementary relationships between men and women would make the partnership extremely worthwhile for each parent. Women could forage and fathers could hunt and provide a tangible benefit that would have helped keep their children alive. And like that, everything clicked. Fatherhood co-evolved as humans had to get more creative to survive and also ensure that their offspring made it as well. And forming a family may have provided that crucial missing piece. Let's get more from friend of the podcast in
3: Emma Betwell. Hey, Emma, how's it going? Hey, Tanya. Good to be called a friend of the podcast.
0: Always. So... You have to look back and see how it all started. And biologically speaking, why don't male mammals tend to assume that father role in raising their young generally?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. As I was reporting out this story, that was sort of the place where we started, which was why is fatherhood unique even to begin with? That's the first question we had to answer. I spoke with Hillard Kaplan, who's an anthropologist at the University of New Mexico, and he studies human life history. And he said that provisioning for young for a long period of time, which is basically what human animal does do is pretty unique among humans. So there are a couple reasons why. Um, one of them is that there's sort of, if you're going to boil it down, the goal of any organism is to make sure that their genes get to the next generation. So the, you can go about that through two ways. You can make sure that your offspring survive. Then we can kind of call that the dad approach. You can really take care of them or you can just have a lot of offspring and sort of hope that a couple make it. And generally, it seems that human dads have chosen the latter, but that didn't have it didn't have to go down that way. There were some pretty interesting things that happened over the course of evolutionary history that made the dad approach win out for humans.
0: So in looking at you know these ancient human couples, you know they have to start combining forces, like you said, investing in their children through a family unit. So what kinds of conditions ultimately allowed for this to happen?
3: Yeah, so there's been a bit of a change in the way that evolutionary anthropologists look at this. At first, we kind of thought that the reason that male and females may have teamed up uh, way back when, was it was, it was sort of a, a meat-for-sex exchange. The father would go out, get meat, and there would sort of be guaranteed access to females. But a bunch of chimpanzee studies have come out since then that kind of cast doubt on that approach. So a newer explanation, and this is the one that my source favors, is that there was this period about two million years ago when the savanna basically started to dry out. So the amount of mammals present out there ended up increasing as things like potatoes and nuts and water-dependent fruits kind of declined. So what you end up with are these sort of tough ecological conditions, but you've got a lot of meat around. And the argument that my uh, source put forth was that it made it more advantageous for men and women to work together to glean the diversity of food sources, so gathering and meat. And there was this moment where fathers could really have a tangible effect on the survival of of their young, and that is obviously incredibly advantageous, especially in the human context, where humans don't have a ton of children compared to something like fish, where they'll have you know hundreds or thousands of babies. You really only have a few kids, and it takes a really long time for those kids to reach maturity. Humans have a particularly long, protracted adolescence, so dad can really contribute a lot there, given these difficult ecological circumstances.
0: So that's one very obvious way, you know, ecologically, and you see the whole evolution that hands out through that, but there seems to be more as to why it prevailed. How more so is this formation of family further helping this dad strategy win out?
3: Yeah, there's sort of another explanation uh, in that, basically, if dad sticks around and you provide excess energy in the form of food, um, you might allow the mother to have shorter intervals between births. So essentially, you end up with perhaps the ability to have to have more children. But also, I think more generally speaking, and this is kind of what the, my source really mentioned toward the end of the interview, was that the investment in young ends up paying off down the road. So part of being a father and investing in young means that eventually, hopefully, those kids grew up and they have kids and your genes make it into yet another generation. So you have this family unit in which resources are continuously poured. Your investment continues to pay off again and again and again um, and kind of build upon itself.
0: Can we ultimately look at fatherhood as what became a creative way for these ancient humans to survive? It's just another prime example of this broader concept you write about, right? This human adaptability complex, right?
3: Yeah. So Kaplan has this sort of theory. It's called the human adaptability complex, and it's that there's a series of behaviors and physiological changes that happened to people that kind of co-evolved and allowed humans to get more creative and allowed us to survive and also sort of made sure that our offspring survived he sort of sees fatherhood as part of that human adaptability complex so um, we see that human brains become larger we see things like investing in fatherhood and investing in children sort of all part of this bigger picture of tools that we had to gain to survive very
0: good full story is at inverse.com in the meantime emma thanks as always great thanks tanya Head to inverse.com to read more about what the latest research says about the American male sex drive. You can click on the link in the show notes for all stories we talked about today. If you agree that science and facts matter more than ever, give us a rating and review on iTunes to help more people find The Abstract and other podcasts like it. New episodes of The Abstract are released three times a week. Find old episodes and more original reporting on science, innovation, culture and entertainment at inverse.com. Look for The Abstract Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast app you use. For Inverse, I'm Tanya Bustos. Thanks for listening.